Health Matters is brought to you by DKSH. Kicking off a brand new series, Right Here on Health Matters. Hi, everybody. Daniel Martin with you on this edition. We want to start understanding one of the, if not the most, top concern for women when it comes to cancer in Singapore, and that is breast cancer. Throughout this series, we're going to be delving into issues like the power and importance of a regular mammogram, how to deal with a diagnosis of breast cancer, both physically and emotionally. And of course, prevention, 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 and how possible that is. Kicking things off on the first of our series, as I chat to Dr. Wong Seng Wing, Medical Director and Consultant Specialist in Medical Oncology at the Cancer Center of the Singapore Medical Group. Uh, big myths about breast cancer being tackled today. Dr. Wong, always a pleasure. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Good afternoon. And to all listeners of CNA Nitriate, a very happy new year. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about the issues of breast cancer in Singapore. Where are we right now, Dr. Wong, in terms of rates, trends or patterns of this? Yes, breast cancer is the commonest cancer in women in Singapore. Well, at least it is true for the age group between 30 to 80. Um, below the age of 30, uh, breast cancer is not common. So women in the age group, the commonest cancer is lymphoma. And above the age of 80, uh, colorectal cancer or cancer of large intestine is the commonest. So, But this big uh, spectrum from 30 to 80, breast cancer is the commonest, is number one. There are about 2,500 new cases diagnosed in Singapore every year, and 450 women in Singapore die of breast cancer every year. So it is a big problem. And uh, the numbers are increasing over the years. The uh, Well, part of it is due to an aging population because the, the median age of diagnosis of breast cancer is about 64. So basically, it affects the, the middle-aged women. But even if we were to remove the effect of age, uh, of an aging population, we can do that using statistical methods. Uh, the risk is still going up. The rates are still going up. And of course, the question is, uh, why is this so? Uh, there are many factors uh, how you know our population is changing and how that has led to a higher incidence, higher risk of breast cancer. Uh, first of all, the um, the birth rate is dropping, and the age of the of women at the birth of the first child is changing. And how does that affect it? Because uh, breast cancer is very much a hormonally driven cancer. So female hormone, the cyclical up and down of the female hormone during the menstrual cycle stimulates uh, breast cells and cause eventually the formation of breast cancer. So, um, and childbirth interrupts the menstrual cycle. So it has been shown that childbirth is protective, especially if the woman gives birth before the age of 35, the first child. So you notice that in our society, the trend is towards uh, giving birth at a later age now because of uh, career pursuit, educational pursuits. 
And in fact, women are opting not to have children. Many are opting not to have children, and that will increase the risk of breast cancer. So that is one issue, and breastfeeding is the other issue. Uh, women may have uh, more reluctance to do breastfeeding because of the need to return to work, or they might shorten the period of breastfeeding. And that also uh, reduces the protective effect of uh, childbirth and breastfeeding, and therefore increasing the risk. And part of it is also because of diet. And um, the, the age at which the first menstrual flow comes, the menarche, affects uh, the risk of breast cancer. The earlier it happens, the earlier the breast cells will be subjected to all this stimulation and therefore the higher the risk of breast cancer down the road. And it has been shown that in developed society, because of a higher animal protein and fat content in the food, uh, girls tend to have menarche at a slightly earlier age than in developing countries where they have a lot of plant uh, material in their diet. So that also contributes to the, the changing trend in Singapore. How would you say this compares to international trends in terms of breast cancer? Is it pretty much in line? Um, yes. So we are sort of catching up with the West. In the West, they have a, they always, always had a higher risk of breast cancer than in Asian countries. So we are sort of catching up with them because of all this uh, economic development, dietary changes, lifestyle changes, etc. And in fact, even the age of onset seems to be changing towards the Western pattern. It used to be that in East Asia, uh, the risk of breast cancer in women started, starts to go up at age 40. That's about a decade earlier than in Western population where the risk start rising from starting from the age 50. And that explains a slightly different recommendation for breast cancer screening through using a mammogram. Western societies will say start at age 50. In Asian society, it's variable. There are recommendations that suggest that starting from the age 40, uh, one might consider. But over the decades, we have noticed that the the age at which the, the rise comes is starting to move closer to 50. In other words, it's following the Western pattern. Intra this is something we don't want to catch up on technically. I wish <laughs> yeah. we didn't catch up on something like this. Um, going back to something that you mentioned earlier on in terms of, you know, we're not seeing this amongst younger women per se potentially, but are there certain groups of women that maybe we're more concerned about where this might be emerging? Um, yes. Well, we don't see a trend towards younger women developing it. But if they do develop it, uh, there are two concerns that we have. One is that it's more likely to be a hereditary form of breast cancer. About 5% of breast cancer are hereditary. In other words, there is a cancer-causing gene that's passed from generation to generation, triggering it. The other 95% are what we describe as sporadic, or in other words, bad luck. So, but in a young woman, it's a lot more likely to be genetically driven by an inherited gene because why, why is a woman below the age of 35 you know, developing breast cancer at such a tender age? So there's something driving it behind. So they're more likely to be uh, related to an inherited gene. So we, as oncologists, we have a tendency to send women below the age of 35 for genetic testing to screen for hereditary breast cancer if we see them developing the disease. 
The second thing that we have to worry about young women developing breast cancer is that the cancer tends to behave in a more aggressive fashion. Mm. In other words, uh, there's a higher risk of relapse and death. And therefore, we have to be very, very proactive when we are managing younger women with breast cancer, even at the same stage compared with older women. Would it be vastly different, the management? Um, it could be different. Uh, for instance, many in many cases, uh, women whose breast cancer are sensitive to female hormone stimulation, we can use an anti-hormonal treatment to try to prevent a relapse. And when this strategy is usable, sometimes we can even spare with the women after surgery from going through the, the pains and discomfort of chemotherapy. We are more likely to do that for older women post-menopause because we notice that it is not as aggressive in terms of behavior. Even in some women within that group, even if we just do the anti-hormonal treatment without chemotherapy, many of them are permanently cured. For women who are before the age of menopause, we are much less likely to pursue this course because we know that they are more aggressive and we are more likely to put them through chemotherapy. So the, the approach is all tailored to the risk which is impacted by the age of onset of breast cancer. Dr. Wong, let's take some questions from my listeners coming in at our WhatsApp 963 Here's one from Angie. Angie asks, does drinking dairy milk after menopause increase the risk of breast cancer? Um, milk drinking in adults um, is somewhat associated with increased risk of cancer. It's not just breast cancer, although this point is controversial. So there are, there are research indicating that adults above the age of 40, if they, take, if they drink a lot of milk, it increases the inflammation in the body, increases the risk of uh, cancer, heart diseases, aging. And the risk seems to come from the milk sugar. Lactose is... Uh is digested into galactose and glucose. Um, And uh, this galactose seems to be a problem in terms of causing chronic inflammation in the body, possibly triggering cancer. So laboratory mice which uh, are fed a lot of galactose, uh, it has been observed that they age faster and they tend to develop uh, uh, cancer or or, cardiovascular type of diseases. So that that could be an issue. Uh, but we should not extrapolate this mm. to growing children and adolescents. This is a totally different age group altogether. We're just talking about adults, grown-ups above the age of 40. Got it. There was a follow-up question about soy milk in particular, and I would link this to another question on WhatsApp that's asking about the idea of hormone replacement therapy and whether that increases the risk of breast cancer. So a lot of concerns, I think, about estrogens in particular. Yes, that's right. Um, the story about soy milk, milk is that uh, soy has this substance they call plant estrogen, phytoestrogen, that, are, that is structurally like female hormones. So the, cause, the concern is that this substance will, will stimulate breast cancer cells to transform into breast cancer, uh, the, the normal cells to transform into breast cancer cells, or it might stimulate uh, breast cancer to relapse after curative treatment. Um, Having said that, uh, this worry, this theoretical worry has not panned out in clinical studies. So looking at populations which has a high intake of soy products like in Japan, the breast cancer risk is actually substantially lower than populations that do not take so much soy products like in the United States. So instead of increasing the risk of breast cancer, it appears that the con- the contrary might be true. There might be some protection, protective effect. 
And for women who already had breast cancer, studies were done to look at um, to divide women into high soy intake group and low soy intake group, and there's no observed effect of uh, soy intake increasing the risk of relapse in patients who uh. were ever diagnosed with breast cancer. So, in other words, the uh, the theoretical worry never truly pan out in clinical studies. Having said that, my suggestion to, to all listeners is that. Um, have a balanced diet. You can yeah. have some. Uh, you don't have to stay away from soy products altogether. But uh, because it's still a controversial, uh, there's still controversy surrounding this issue. So if you ever had breast cancer, I would also not suggest that you take a lot of soy product with mm. the belief that it's going to prevent a relapse. Yeah. It's still controversial. Excessive amount. You know, the, the benefit of hosting a health program for 16 years like I have is I've interviewed Dr. Wong for so many years. And I think over a decade ago, Dr. Wong, you and I spoke about how a lot of these misunderstandings about breast cancer all stemmed from the Women's Health Initiative study, the WHI study. And that was like well over a decade ago that we did that interview. And it still seems like a lot of those misunderstandings persist until today. The jury's still out, it seems. That's right. That's the benefit of having this ongoing discourse and discussion. Another question, WhatsApp 9631198, which is leading into something I wanted to ask you as well. Uh, Will, WhatsApp to cross and asked, I want to know whether it is preventable. Can you prevent breast cancer or is it all genetic? Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, well, it's not easy to prevent breast cancer because of factors are mostly not normal lifestyle factors that you can avoid. So it's not like smoking that you can quit smoking. So it's hormonal. The age of onset of menses menarche, the age that menses stop menopause, mm. a family history, you can't modify this. And of course, childbirth, you know, age of ch- the first childbirth and breastfeeding, in theory, women can control this uh, such decisions. But I cannot imagine any women, you know, giving birth to the first child early just for the sake of reducing breast cancer risk. Right. I, I just can't see it. Yeah. So it's difficult to modify. However, there are a few factors that you can. Now, alcohol intake increases the risk of breast cancer. Uh, some people people know that it increases the risk of liver cancer, throat cancer, but many people don't know, uh, do not know that it increases the risk of breast cancer. But if you do, you know, any women out there listening who enjoy a, you know, a glass of wine now and then, Consider taking some folic acid uh, supplement. It can somewhat reduce the risk of breast cancer from alcohol. And it also leads to the previous point that another listener asked about about uh, hormone replacement therapy yeah. post-menopause. Uh, and it's not popular these days uh, because we have noticed that if we do that, we increase the risk of breast cancer. So it's generally not popular. There are other ways to manage the post-menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, the osteoporosis. There, there are safer ways to do it uh, in, so we don't very often give hormone replacement therapy. And uh, there are medications that can pre- lower the risk of breast cancer. There's a drug called tamoxifen, which is sort of anti-female hormone that you can take it to reduce the risk. But because this medication carries side effects and risks of its own, it's not something that you can walk in a pharmacy and buy it and take it as a regular supplement. You have to be assessed by, a, by an oncologist. And only if your risk outweighed the the adverse effect of taking this drug, will you be prescribed this medication? So yes, there are, there are ways to reduce or prevent 
breast cancer, but um, not straightforward at all. Let's pick up and, and, and just end on that point, actually, on the prevention idea, because I do worry that too many uh, individuals might be reaching out for a lot of third-party solutions or, or issues that they find on the internet that might be unproven techniques and things like that. So those proven approaches that you discussed, for example, whether a prescription of tamoxifen might be useful for certain individuals, the folic acid for certain individuals. I guess the message is, if you're really concerned about prevention of breast cancer, A, regular screening, regular screening, B, lifestyle changes, and maybe C, work closely with your medical professional. Uh, yes. Uh, however, screening is different from prevention. Prevention is to try to avoid the problem from ever cropping up. So um, medication to prevent it from forming. Screening is picking it up after it has formed. So it's quite different. You are not preventing it by doing screening. You are trying to pick it up as early as possible, mm. improve your chance of a permanent cure, improve your survival. So that is, survive, that is screening. And because, as I mentioned, breast cancer is not something that's easy to prevent. Therefore, screening and early detection becomes the mainstay mm. of improving survival for women for, for breast cancer. In one of my future editions of this series, I'm going to be talking about the power of the mammogram. Please remind us about the importance of early detection when it comes to breast cancer. If picked up at early stages, cure rates are well over 90%, are they not? Yes. So in Singapore currently, the five-year survival rate for breast cancer hovers at about 80-82% or thereabout. But it really depends on the, on the stage. Uh, if it's diagnosed at an early stage one, stage one or two, uh, most patients will be cured and the majority will not relapse. If it's stage three, it could be just you know, hovering at, at a 50-50 depending on the severity. And in stage four, it's possible to control the disease and extend survival, but to deliver a permanent cure is usually beyond reach. So it's very important to detect it early. And I think we are making progress because looking at the Singapore um, cancer statistics, uh, over the last 20 years, women who are detected as stage one for their breast cancer has increased from 30% to 60%. So we doubled it. That's not too bad. On that note, Dr. Wong, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking to my listeners on this issue. Dr. Wong Seng Wing, they're helping us understand some of the big myths about breast cancer. He's medical director and consultant specialist in medical oncology at the Cancer Centre, part of the Singapore Medical Group. I'm Daniel Martin, and this has been Health Matters. Health Matters is brought to you by DKSH. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.